guys, welcome back to season two. I'm so excited for this season. I'm so excited for the content that's gonna be coming out. I'm excited to be releasing it. I'm excited to be interacting with you guys. And um, I'm really looking forward to some really great conversations. I'm really looking forward to exploring what season two has in store for us. Hey, if you're new, I encourage you to subscribe and we're going to be dropping new episode, actually a whole bunch of episodes all together the first Thursday of every single month. So you don't want to miss out. Make sure you subscribe. Give me some feedback as well. How are you finding this? Is this helping you? Because the mission is staying the same. Our vision is staying the same. At least my vision is staying the same. And that is to just engage in conversation that doesn't always get airtime or a lot of airtime. Um, in some of the social circles that we're part of, or sometimes as well in church. That's where this podcast was birthed out of, and hopefully it's content that helps you, it's content that challenges you, it's content that leads you to have more conversations with people around you. So, subscribe, let me know how you're thinking, and um, I'm looking forward to this journey with you. It all makes sense within the big picture. And you hit something so strongly that, that I, you know, like, it's just kind of, it's just stuck in my head. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's like one of, <laughs> you, you said something, it's like, like, um, it's that, that, that thing that we're, we're longing for yeah. as it breaks through, like, we get to practice it today. Yes. We get to practice it. I know. We yeah. get to practice How awesome that? Yes. Right? Yes. That's a life we've been saved to. Yes. Um, you know, and you, and you, you said it so well, um, that I, I was like, oh yeah, that's life. Yes, yes. As we want it. Yes. Like we want people around us. Yeah. To be loving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be kind. Yes. To be generous. Yes, yes. Um, and we wish that for ourselves. Well, mm. You know, I, I, I don't know if you know if you ever fall into the trap of like one day I'll be. You know, we got this idea of perfection. Yeah, <laughs> like I do. Far away over yes. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Jesus is sort of almost like coming into our now and, and disrupting all that narrative and yes. going, hey, you know what? That's available now. You can be loving today. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. Can be, you can be fruitful today. Absolutely. And, you know, I will empower you to do that. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and as I said, remembering that he's gracious in that. Because even absolutely. even though things are access to us, we will obviously fumble and mm. fail. Mm. But that goes back to the case of, but it doesn't negate exactly what you just said. The fact that... God and Jesus, He's calling us into a new way mm. of the human right now, yeah. and uh, it, it's all interconnected. Because yes. yeah, if it's God's future that we will be perfectly forgiving people, mm. this this um, this life that we're living is training ground, so yes. to speak, and it isn't going to be a, a discontinuity. And that's the point mm. of heaven beyond earth, yes. as opposed to going that's somewhere right. else. There isn't going to be discontinuity. Yes, there will be an interruption in my death in if time. Jesus doesn't yeah. return prior to, to us dying. Um, but there will still be a sense of um, post that with resurrection of yes. all people, yeah. um, of, of all people who want to serve and love Jesus yeah. um, in God's new world. There yeah. will be that continuity yeah. and it will all make sense. It's like, ah. In fact, ah, there's, this one, there's this one thought. Um, this comes from a, a Catholic... Theolo- uh, no, he's not a theologian. He's a Catholic uh, monk, I mm. guess you say, called Richard Raw. Which, you know, he says some things which I really love. He says some other things which I kind of want to nuance out and go, oh, maybe, maybe not, but that's okay. Mm. But one of the things he says which I absolutely love, uh, he says that oh, 
You're going to love this. I love this. I think you'll love it. I think you'll love it. He said, because um, we're talking about living a new life, which is an act of trust, right? Because yes. we're trusting that um, God's version of life as seen in Jesus um, is the best way to live, right? Which is a trust, because often we do want to go like, you know, hate certain people and just like be angry. And, like, right, yeah. and so it takes constant acts of trust both in the little things and the big things to to um, live this new life, right? And Richard Raw he says that uh, maybe we're called to these all these little acts of trust. So that way, and this isn't a direct quote right, right now, but um, so that way when we, when it comes to when we meet Jesus, right, um, we will ultimately trust. That it's almost like mm. trust is in our soul's muscle memory, so mm. to speak. And like in that, it's it's inbuilt into our bones now because yes. we've done this life yeah. of trust. And so when the ultimate trust wow. does come, when we see Jesus face to face, we'll completely let go and enter into yeah. to life as it, as it was in its full form as it was Building always meant to be. Yeah, that. isn't that cool? Really <laughs> like, oh my goodness, yes. that was just just yeah. perfect imagery right there. And and yeah. and that makes a lot of sense because to me, it's that idea of. Of preparing yourself in a in a way. Yes. You know, I think about the the athlete. You know, Paul talks about yeah, the athlete. Yes, yes, you know, the athlete. I, I, the... I bring my body into yes. submission. Yes. Because ultimately. Yes. And it, it really it's like going all, all over itself in terms of layers. Like yeah. it's that reality. I want that reality because I've got a glimpse of heaven yes. in Jesus Christ. Yes. And His Spirit, His very same Spirit who is yes. living in me, is empowering me. Yes. Um, leading me, teaching me, guiding me yeah. to become like Him. Yes. You know. So yes. yes, my body. I want to bring it into that. And yeah. It's, like, it's yeah. that's a beautiful imagery that Paul does. Yeah. 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 He's. he's Oh, Paul's great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that. Because yeah. when, when when we come up to the face to face to go out with God yeah. and the you know, the real you know, the, the judgment yes. I think it's that idea of 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 our arms becoming even wider yes. and wider to embrace everything. Yes, you yes. Know, it's it's I've run the good race, I've yes. fought the good fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And and the Apostle John in his letter, Mm. you know, one of my favorite verses when he says, I'll probably stuff the verse up, even though it's one of my favorites. I always do. But uh, it says that, um, you know, we will be like him. Mm. But when we'll see him, we will be as he is. I think that's, I'm probably paraphrasing, but that sense of seeing. And and that's like a true beholding, isn't it? Yes. Uh, which goes back to the Apostle Paul in, yeah. in 1 Corinthians 13 that, that we look through like a dim mirror, like a mm. kind of a, a rusty, kind of like yeah. murky mirror, yeah. but one day when love fully arrives in the flesh and that we see it. And linking back to John, that when we see Jesus will be as we have that perfect mirror in that perfect picture. Yeah. Ah, anyway. Oh. It's got me goosebumps. <laughs> so, um, mm. gee. Talk about the atonement. This is one good atonement. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I no. love Jesus' atonement. What are some of the notes that you... Um, you read it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, so why not? What have we not covered? Um, so, I've got, so I've talked about having the right story. Yes. Okay, here's a really cool one. Um, uh, and I think it's, it's a nuance which is extremely important within the text. 
Because there is that question, who killed Jesus? Right? It's, the, it's the big question. Go right? there. <laughs> you know, I want to introduce you to a pattern that's actually in the book of Acts. And you actually see it in Acts 5, especially 5 verses 30 to 32, where it says, I'm paraphrasing now, but essentially the pattern, pattern goes like this. Uh, God destined that Jesus would die, but then Peter says in his sermon, but you guys killed him. All right? God raised him from the dead. So it's God, people, God. So it's very clear, I think, in the Gospels and in Acts that, and in the, the letters and whatnot, that certainly the way that God would defeat evil would have to be through Jesus being the suffering servant. There's no two ways about that. Yes. Um, the inner mechanics of that, though, isn't God sending down the lightning. It's actually God allowing Jesus to take on the full force of sin and sin onto onto himself in, in Jesus. And in, in that sense, it's it's we who kill Jesus. Yeah. It's it's us who, who put him on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's an important distinction to realise that it's actually um, us that killed Jesus, not God that killed Jesus. So, God allowed it, I would say. Yeah. But I wouldn't say God actively was just like this is this is like great. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is what I, I think, really, I think, really want. <laughs> I think um, actually, there's a there's a singer who I like. One of his songs called Phil Wickham, I think his name is, mm. um, and he uses his imagery of um, you know when blood and water hit the ground. You know, um, you know tears were. He says, you know, tears were filling heaven's eyes the day that true love died. And I think there's a sense that God knowing that the way to defeat evil would have to be taking evil into his being in the person of Jesus. Um, that, that, isn't, that shouldn't be equated with God actively killing. I think that's just an important nuance to bring into mm. it. I don't think God was going like smite Jesus, mm. but rather we're the ones who are kind of killing Jesus. We're the ones who are the angry mob, so mm. to speak. So there's a bit of a dichotomy as well with that. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, because... One of the most quoted mm. passages in Scripture comes from Isaiah with the suffering servant. Yes. With, um, with God mm. striking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, we can unpack <laughs> that if you want. We, we, um, but, the, but then as well, at the same time, yeah, let's unpack that. But mm. then as well, mm. at the it's same really time, important. The verse. other, um, which I think there's, you know, part, there is a truth in that. Mm. But, um, the other side of the thing is as well the mm. the reality with which we we talk about you know people go and they said if I was in the perfect garden I wouldn't have chosen to do that <laughs> yeah, right yeah as if we know that right you know, yeah and, <laughs> um, because that that's the same kind of argument yeah. um, or actually I would say thinking. Uh, um, oh, so you mean the Garden of Gethsemane, of, or you mean Garden of Eden? Eden. Okay, so um, I, my comment did make sense there. Um, yeah, yes, okay. it did. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same kind of um, sort of a line of thinking yes. that then would also, I think, then go um, and be used for. Hey, if I was actually part of that mob, mm. I would have also said crucified him. Yeah, yeah, right. Like that's my voice in there. Like, yeah. I'm no different from that crowd. Yeah, in, in, in fact, they'll probably be better better place to be able to you know when we look back yeah yeah totally when totally. we look back I've, I've got to qualify that with it when i look back i'll yeah. say you know we're probably in a better place to 
to see yes and to yeah. sort of say hey maybe i wouldn't have done that because yeah, yeah. of the arrogance of yeah well we because we know the end don't we? <laughs> yes, yeah, we yeah. Know the end. it's, it's but, a story arrogance yeah. it's like well we know how the story ends so yeah. i know i would Absolutely. mean you know um whereas I, for the apostles and the people like from the apostles point of view it's like oh my goodness they're gonna come after us right next. yeah and then you have the mob who's angry Absolutely. you know and, and, and they, <laughs> they, they're not, they have this is one of the things that i um I heard, and, and it makes quite a lot of sense. It's yeah. like, Peter has no idea he's in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you're yeah, reading his it. life. Like, it's unfolding as you're reading it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's how it's unfolding. He was, just, no a, he was just a regular dude who was like, following the Absolutely. Messiah who thought was going to overthrow Rome, you know? Um, <laughs> like, oh, man. Um, so so uh, it yes. does make sense to, to, to see what he did and hear what he did. And to sort of go, you know what? I am Peter. Yeah. You know, yeah. when the savior of the world, the king that I've been waiting for, I'm yeah. just fortunate enough to meet him. Yeah. You know, it could have been met, but he could have come earlier. Yeah. I was born in the generation that met met him. Yeah. I've got the revelation. Yeah. So you're coming. I'm talking about the garden now of Gethsemane. Yeah. You're coming to take him away. Of course, I'm going to pull out a sword and jump at someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. No. Yeah. Like, dude. Do you not realize the reality of what's going on? Yeah. Jesus, you know, no, you cannot die. You cannot die. Yeah, You're yeah, yeah. hope. Yes. And, and it's like Jesus said it of Peter himself. Yeah. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Yes, like, yes. You have <laughs> And he throws shame, but he's like, get behind yeah, me, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> Imagine that. If he was so, like, what? <laughs> oh, damn. One moment here. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I would do exactly the yeah, same thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if the best thing in the world, the most valuable thing that we've been told for our whole narrative, yes, yeah, the yeah. person, the king, he's gonna rule and he's gonna reign. Yeah, uh, sign me up for the army. Yeah, like, exactly, because that was their worldview. That was their worldview of messiahship. Yeah. It's like the messiah so, will come, and the right. way he would defeat the foreign enemies, which in their context of history is Rome, would be pull out the swords and let's start up a get an army That's rock right. and rolling and, and right. do it. Yeah. So, you know, let's explore that. Um, so first idea is, mm. um, our, you know, Isaiah. Which yep. Is yep. 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 So, really the, the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that part of your notes too? It, it is. It is. <laughs> no, I haven't broken the verse fully down, especially the latter part, which I really should have, because um, it's actually probably more more important to the discussion because it does say later in Isaiah 53 that there was a sense of pleasure or pleasedness mm. behind behind what happened I'll, I'll unpack which makes that. it a little bit sadistic yeah but I'll, I think it's worth <laughs> yeah. unpacking that in a second but it's worth pointing out though that Isaiah 53 is within the larger context of a, a, of a rift narrative. yeah there's yeah. a rift that happens in Isaiah that starts at Isaiah 40 and goes all the way to 60 mm. so and they, they talk about this within uh, um I think scholars yeah. try to work out whether or not it's still the same author. Yes, that's um, actually yeah, 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 yeah. Or whether or not yeah, yeah, you're onto else it. That came, that's it. Came along that's it. Yeah. yeah, and like I don't ultimately no, well, no one ultimately knows, and and I don't really have an opinion on that either way. It is, but it's worth pointing out that it's big, it big shift of difference. Yeah, and what you have in forty to I think it's forty to sixty. I might be wrong uh, on the chapter numbers, but that chunk. The context 
is it's about Isaiah's describing God's future kingdom of, 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 of what it all looks like. Yeah. And it, it's there that right dead in the middle of it, there's this mysterious... Well, for the Jewish people, it would have been a very mysterious figure Still of a suffering... Yeah, it is. Suffering it is. Servant. Of a suffering servant who somehow takes upon um, the fate of the people, mm. so to speak. And that is fascinating. So... Uh, it's within Isaiah 53, we have to place it in that context. Mm. I think we have to read it more flowy, like rather than, you know, kind of, you can dissect, but you got to see it within the bigger the flow. Bigger and when you read the bigger flow, I think Isaiah 53, it opens up, um, actually, could you read it? Do you have 53? There? Yeah, so, um, so 52, yeah. um, towards the end, I'm reading, this is New King James, because everybody understands it. <laughs> yeah. um, Behold, my servant will deal prudently. He'll be exalted and extolled to be very high. Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage or his face was marred. Mm. So obviously, yeah. that's the beating. Uh, more than any man, his form more than the sons of men, so shall he sprinkle... Mm. Many nations, kings shall shut their mouths at him mm. uh, for what had not been told them they shall see mm. and what they, what, they, what they had not heard they shall consider. And then 53 starts with who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of mm. the Lord been revealed for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. Mm. He has no form or commonliness or appearance um, and we uh, and when we see him there is no beauty that we should desire him yet he is despised rejected by man a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him mm. he was despised we did not esteem him but surely he's borne our griefs carried our sorrows but we esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted and he was wounded for our transgressions, mm. bruised for our iniquities, which chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed, and like sheep we have gone astray. We've turned every one on uh, in his own way, and the Lord was had laid on him the iniquity of our soul. So let's unpack that, because I think that's actually really important. There's a section there which um, we yeah, have to... Yeah, no worries. Yeah, NLT is pretty, pretty good. I like the NLT. How do I spell Isaiah again? <laughs> Isaiah, okay, I've got it. I've got it. All right, Isaiah 53. Because there's actually a very important section in there. Um, okay, here, verse 4. Can I just look at verse 4 really quickly? Yes, let's jump into that. Because that's actually where I think there's a lot of confusion. Mm. Surely he took on our pain and bore our suffering. Now, yet we... Considered him punished by God, yes. stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace for the pong and by his wounds we healed. I think that's an important distinction. Mm -hmm. That it's it, it, within the narrative poetic flow of it, it's, it's this picture of, well, we think this, we think this, but this is the reality. Mm -hmm. That he was actually crushed for our iniquities. Punishment that brought peace was upon him. Mm -hmm. Now... Uh, this, this goes into a topic of, you know, when Jesus died, was it a, a punishment, so to speak? And I do, 
I have a very nuanced view on this. I think the, the understanding of God's angry and he's just going to whip Jesus, I think that's a bad picture of, of a type of punishment. Uh, N.T. Wright talks about a type of punishment, almost like that of a type... He doesn't use the language of tidal wave. I kind of made my own metaphor for this, or like a tidal wave, so to speak. So, um, so what did I say? Um, uh, yeah, so I would say the, the people's own sins, in this specific context, Israel, but through Israel, the whole world, okay, that the whole world's at fault, yeah. that the people's own sins is like a self-created tidal wave. Mm. All right, and there is a sense that um, exile that they that in exile God allows them to experience that tidal wave. You know, in Moses, you know, Babylon coming in. You know, it's it's very natural consequences mm. to to rebellion. Right. Um, but I would say this is like a self inflicted punishment from God, if you like, rather than like God actively going, "I'm I'm angry. I'm going to just punish." Oh, and Jesus is going to step in and take it, but rather. In human rebellion, we've worked up this tidal wave, so to speak, mm. and it's in that place that um, that Jesus comes and He's going to take on our own self-infliction, if that makes sense. Wow. So it's almost like yeah. if you use the language of a boomerang, we yeah. create this boomerang, we threw it, it's coming back, um, but He's going to graciously yeah. take on the full force of that boomerang effect. Mm. So it's not your classic kind of. What you what some scholars are called penal substitutionary atonement. Um, Hi, babe. Hello. Hello. Hey, hey, how you going? Have you met Have you met Nathan? Before? Yeah, we've met. Yeah. A couple of times. We're just, <laughs> just recording a podcast. <gasps> I got That's your right. It's okay. <laughs> Last time we had like Jehovah's Witnesses. Right? <laughs> so you're better than them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're better. Yeah. Um, you're well. I don't mean it like that. I mean you're a better site. No. <laughs> it's getting lost in translation. Yeah. Anyway. Please continue. No worries. That's all good. Yeah, thank you so much. Hey, can we eat those muffins? Yes, you absolutely can. Huzzah. Huzzah! Hallelujah. Um, Shall I bring them? Please. Oh, thank you thank so you. much. Yeah, so I would say it's more of a self-inflicted punishment. I love that. As idea. opposed to God actively being a douchebag. <laughs> mm, that, that's very true. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Um, again, that assumption would yes. take us back to God's angry. Yeah. Which he's not. Yeah. And, and you know, the first thing that popped, um, that popped up. Thank you so much. Welcome. Thanks, babe. Um, first thing that popped up, popped up in my head when you talk about the whole wave idea yeah. is, is that... Um, it starts with Adam and Eve mm, mm. and the choice they make. Yeah. And the world just gradually gets yes. worse. Yes. And worse it's like the way it gets bigger and bigger. It's like a snowball yeah. effect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we made it. We made it. We did it. Yes. But God stands in a bit and, and, and so it's like God stands in the way of that yeah. of that huge snowball or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he takes that on. Yes. Now do you see the nuance there? Mm. So you can still keep a, an understanding, which I do think is in scripture. Like mm. people want to throw out all the penal punishment language, but the nuance that this brings is to say um, that to, to use uh, to use this might be a very very crude crude metaphor, but like if if we're about to kind of shoot ourselves, so to speak, he mm. we're the ones who are about to do it, all right. But he steps in and, and takes the full force of yes. that, if that yes. makes sense. Yes. 
And, um, and that's the grace of God in that, that even though God could have allowed the full force of our own um, uh, self-infliction take its toll on us and creation and the world and history and everything, um, he, he steps in. Yeah. Um, now, I don't think that's penile in the classic sense. I just think that's God. Um, let's put it this way. N.T. Wright would say that is there substitutionary atonement? Of course. Yes. God does step in. Sure. But it's not penile in the, in the kind of old school sense of that word, mm. if that makes sense. It, it, yeah. It's much more nuanced than that. And, and, and one of the thinkings as well that comes with that is mm. you know, we talk about how God is sovereign and, can, and, and is in yeah. control. Yeah. And to some people, well, one of my thinking is using that really crude metaphor is that you could just maybe probably break the arm of the person who's trying to shoot themselves. Yeah, yeah. Or just, you know, like make it so that they don't stop, but that would take away their choice. Yes, yes. Um, and that's not God. That's yeah. not love. Yeah. If you don't get choice. Mm. However, because you don't see the real... Um, evil and just really the repercussions of those choices mm. because you don't understand maybe it's yeah. an understanding yeah but he does yes he goes you know what i'm going to take this on yes yes and that's the suffering servant you know, jesus is the faithful servant who takes on himself the fate of the world yeah. the fate of the, the our self-inflicted fate and i think that the chastisement language you find in desire and that pleasing language isn't a we, this is the thing about Hebrew and Greek and these original words and seeing it in the our, our uh, man-made translated editions of it, you know, yeah. it's very easy to impose our own imagery and our own, and our own understanding of those words in the yeah. English translation. But I actually think if you unpack it within its original context, I think the Jewish people are more sophisticated. Rather, well, than, oh, as, rather than I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Absolutely. Rather than going... You know, this the, the analogy of like... I know the courtroom metaphor has some merit in scripture, but I think it's overplayed it's, quite a bit. Yeah. Well and truly overplayed. There is so much more to it because yeah. the courtroom situation, mm. when you think about it, mm. there is no relationship between the judge and the... Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. But if anything we know about, about what's going on with the Jewish history, yes, it's, it's dad and his kids. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a family affair. Like Absolutely. we're talking about, it's not. We're not out being judged and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like no, no, no. God's trying to set up a household, yes, a family, yes. and that works completely differently Absolutely. when you think about it. Absolutely, um, because there's relationship. There's something at stake. Yeah. Um, whereas for a judge, when you really think about it, yeah, um, you go into a courtroom. The yeah. judge makes his decisions, etc. Yeah. He goes home. Yeah. Unaffected. Yeah, I know. But it's very detached. It's very detached. That's not. God is completely attached. He's in yeah. there. He's yeah. in the mess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I love you. Yeah. I. I yeah. need to go in there. Um, and and even though there is some judgment metaphor in there, like as in the judge, understanding the ancient history idea of judge wasn't yeah. of. Abstract. It was almost like they come to a town and they make right. Exactly. It's, a, it's a type of restore of the judgment. Mm. Even the most violent pictures that we do see in the Hebrew scriptures and things like that, um, you read the prophets. There's always restoration on the far side yes. of that. So even in the final, even in the final analysis of the Hebrew prophets, mm. it's that of a, a restore of the judgment. It's an intimate judgment. Yes. Yes. And I think that's what's happening on the cross. It's not, you know, God 
you know, <laughs> the Father punitively just stamping on Jesus, but rather humanity self-infliction, which is its own inbuilt consequence yes. of rebelling against yes. God. There's the new one. There's where you can say you might use language of wrath of God, but you have to prefix it and say, but it looks like that. It yeah. doesn't look like God. You know, it looks like oh, it's a, it's this tidal wave that yes. we bore upon ourselves, yeah. and God is not going to allow it to kill us. Mm. And um, I think. And this is where the sacrifice, the forgiveness language becomes important yeah. and has, itself has to be nuanced out. Can I just read the, what I've, on, on that? So, um, so I've said that, um, uh, yeah, so there's, there's this inner mechanic, the inner mechanic of the forgiveness of sins, which is all throughout Scripture and especially on referring to the cross. The Apostle Paul always talks about the cross as, as, as a type of, not always, but it's one of the core themes of the forgiveness, the forgiveness of sin. And him taking on that full force is that type of forgiveness. And I would say that it isn't that Jesus just takes the blame. Because actually, when you sort of think about it, it is, that isn't real forgiveness. Think, think about it, right? If you go, in human analogy, let's use a human analogy. Uh, I break your iPhone, right? And you look at your face, you're like, oh my God. I break your iPhone. If you then go... Uh, I forgive you because person B is going to pay for it. Mm. That's not real forgiveness. It's because someone substitution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no. but it's but actually true substitution and true forgiveness is. Let's get deeper. If I rob someone of their happiness, right? Mm. True forgiveness is them taking on. You know, the word forgiveness means forgiving. It's it's a it's a it's a type of. Um, future giving so to speak it's going you've you've robbed my happiness for example and rather than me um boomerang how you've robbed it back and me in revenge eye for an eye tooth for a tooth mm. i'm going to take on the, the the suffering of forgiveness and 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 withhold that revenge yeah. onto you yeah. if that makes sense yeah actually the forgiveness of sins is is deeper it's about taking taking the full force of, of the evil that's been gone towards you but not rebounding it back. Mm. And that comes to the cross. Because I would say that when you look at the cross, right, um, it's, 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 it's rather I bear, um, you know, with, within kind of like the, the analogy, right, it's yeah. when Rob's Robson what happens, it's rather I bear the wrong doers wrong in myself but, but not responding eye for an eye mm. in tooth for a tooth, mm. so to speak. I would say that's the forgiveness of sin, the inner mechanics of the cross of forgiveness. Yeah. Um, that when that happens, we are set free. Yeah. And it's through the forgiveness of sins that evil is defeated. Yeah. And we are set free. And by the way, Jesus was forgiving the whole way throughout his ministry. Absolutely. You know, God was forgiving all the way through the Hebrew scriptures. So we can't say forgiveness wasn't happening prior to the cross. Mm -hmm. But rather, the consequences of forgiveness all add up and load itself on the cross. And it's in that moment God could have taken forgiveness in action back by responding eye for an eye, but rather he allows his forgiving actions across past, present, and future to have its consequence, the bearing of our sin. And that's the forgiveness of wow. sin. Yeah. He, yeah. He, that's the inner working. It's not you know, just throwing it on... It, it's not that, that imagery as we've spoken about. It's, it's God's self-Trinitarian understanding, mm. taking on what yeah. we do... 
That's the sacrifice. Yes, it is. The sacrifice isn't God going, God the Father going, oh, I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the sacrifice <laughs> is, is he bears in himself the, the darkness that, that we self-inflicted. And he's going to draw evil into his self and destroy it in his death. Yeah. And that by the end of Good Friday, the world now becomes a fundamentally different place. Absolutely. Yeah, a new reality has emerged yes. as a result. Yes. Evil has been defeated. Mm. And, you know, you can have that as well within the language of the Passover lamb. You can have that as Jesus being the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Because mm. the lamb of God, we, we often go back to Leviticus, but we actually have to go back to Exodus, all right? Yeah. Uh, that's the lamb of God, you know, the, the lamb... and. You know, we can't be too technical there as well. We have to see it more broadly. It's 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 not like oh well, you know, when the the lamb was killed and therefore you know it, it's more like no, the lamb of God in the Exodus was just about being set free. That it was the blood of the lamb that enabled people to be set free, and in the same way as the blood of Jesus that enables us to be set free from the, from the pharaohs of the world, yes. both our personal sin and sin capital S around us and yeah. the whole works, so to speak.